to the David Glenn Show. Wes Durham joins us live in 30 minutes, voice of the NFL's Atlanta Falcons, also part of the new ACC network, which launches this Thursday. While I was in London, Spectrum, the big cable company here in North Carolina, or one of them at the least, did strike a deal to carry the ACC network. A majority, a huge majority of the mid-sized and smaller-sized cable and satellite companies and fiber and all the rest have agreed to carry it. But the exceptions include some really big exceptions. So if you're like a Comcast Xfinity customer, say in the Commonwealth of Virginia, where we have significant number of listeners, and of course, Virginia and Virginia Tech, ACC members, ACC network, uh, exclusive ACC games and documentaries and features, it's no solace to them that Spectrum has a deal. They don't get Spectrum. So if you're a Dish Network satellite customer, you still don't have access to it. If you're a DirecTV satellite customer, you do. In some places, you really don't have a lot of options for your carrier. In many places, it's down to like, you know, one satellite, or I guess you could go to either satellite company, but often one major cable company. So that is still playing out as that is three days away. We are welcoming your best and worst of the weekend phone calls. We do look forward to Wes dropping by live in 30 minutes. Darren Gant of NBC Sports on the NFL, including Antonio Brown's helmet saga. And the question of the day is from the NFL. Jim in Colfax, North Carolina, wants in on this one. Steve in Apex wants in on the worst of the weekend Carolina Panthers, whose backups, Kyle Allen and Will Greer, looked horrible in the absence of Cam Newton. Cam was celebrating on the sidelines, got a lot of camera time, but didn't get any playing time. I frankly think that's a good idea. Imagine the screaming if Cam got hurt in a meaningless preseason game against the Buffalo Bills, who, by the way, play really good defense under former Panthers defensive coordinator Sean McDermott. The offensive line of the Panthers looked bad. The quarterback's backups of the Panthers looked bad, in part because Sean McDermott has always been one of those super defensive guru-type dudes like a Mike Zimmer now with the Minnesota Vikings. So he hadn't gotten the Bills rolling yet, but he's done a lot with that defense, and it came at the Panthers' expense in preseason game number two, 1-800-849-2761. We'll get into more NFL with Darren Gant, including this question of the day. Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick are back at it against Jay-Z this time. He's a longtime ally. Jay-Z, the hip-hop artist, now media music mogul, has been aligned with Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick since, remember, three years ago. They first, it's three years ago this month that during a preseason game, they were kneeling during the national anthem. You all know the rest of that story. No re- need to visit the uh, original particulars. Well, Jay-Z's gone from three years of clearly being in their corner, publicly and privately, even turned down, Jay-Z did, a chance to perform at the halftime show of a Super Bowl or two, He's even bragged defiantly in his own lyrics, quote, I said no to the Super Bowl. You, NFL, need me. I don't need you. Well, it just became clear in recent days that Jay-Z is now a partner of the NFL on social justice and other matters and a partner of the NFL on music matters. He's going to help them sign up future halftime shows, et cetera. Eric Reid and Colin Kaepernick are calling him a sellout for people of color. Others are saying Jay-Z has a better chance of impacting real change if he is an owner himself and can demand accountability from the inside rather than the outside. How do you see it? Is he selling out or is he doing a good thing? You can chime in 
on either side of that fence at 1-800-849-2761. Jim in Colfax, North Carolina will be next. Tavares in Greenville will follow. Steve in Apex wants in on some football as well. I did promise you one thing. Which two NFL teams are attracting the most Super Bowl bets right now in Las Vegas? Answer, and both of these to me come as a slight surprise and really a little bit of a dream. Now remember, money often follows not the favorites because the payoff is not as big, but the money is coming in on the Bears, 9-1 to one shots, and that's not a long shot. The Bears are like a top 10 team in terms of the odds. The Patriots and the Chiefs are the co-favorites in the eyes of Vegas, 7-1 to one odds. That's how it works in the NFL. It's not as predictable as the NBA most of the time, et cetera. So even the co-favorites, 7-1, to one, those are decent odds, right? Bears are at 9-1, to one, and along with the 10-1 to one Cleveland Browns, the Bears and the Browns, have, have, I've been alive for 50 years. I've never said the Bears and the Browns are getting the most money at the betting window in Vegas to win the Super Bowl. Like, aren't they two of the greatest examples of not giving us enough as team? You know, the Bears had their famous team in the 80s. The Browns have been the classic example of why LeBron had to rescue not only an NBA franchise, but an entire state because the Indians have gone so long without a World Series and the Browns have gone so, well, never a Super Bowl, but a long time even since an NFL championship. Of course, the Cavaliers were an embarrassment for essentially their entire existence before LeBron James got there. The Bears and the Browns drawing the most money at the betting windows in Las Vegas. I think that's why Vegas builds new buildings and we end up calling 1-800-HELPLINES for our gambling problems. Jim in Colfax, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, DG. Uh, surprisingly, you're Eric Reed calling out uh, uh, Jay-Z. Jay-Z as a sellout uh, prompted the call. It reminded me of a, uh, of a Bobby Bowden comment years ago as a Florida State longtime head coach, successful. And he said that, uh, you know, we want our football players to be great citizens and we want our football players to be great students. But at the end of the day, it's a farce. We, we, we have to win games or I'm out. And, and I thought, yeah, that, that's it. If a general manager, coach, a president, of an owner of an organization wants to win, they'll get the players in there. They think they can help them to win. Thus, Antonio Brown quits the Steelers and he gets signed with the Raiders because the Raiders think they can win with him. Right. Um, I'm with and, you so far. And, yeah. So I, I'm thinking like the reason why, you know, Eric Reed called him out as a sellout. I, I don't understand it. He, Colin Kaepernick would be on a team if an owner really thought the risk versus reward uh, was, was there. If he thought Colin Kaepernick could be a great starter or a great backup, he would be there. The same as Tim Tebow. It's more of is the sideshow worth, the actual product on the field and the answer to most owners and coaches and presidents and whoever seems to be no. And I, I think and, I'm and still so with him you to call out uh, and, you know, Jay-Z, I'm like, what a successful business man and, and smart person that, why would you call him out? Well, why would you part call of it, I'll, I'll ask you a question and I'll try to answer your question. One, Jay-Z is the same man who rapped one year ago in lyrics in one of his favorite songs. I said no to the Super Bowl. You need me. I don't need you. That was his message to the NFL with the same kind of defiant tone 
that Eric Reed has had and Colin Kaepernick has had. So it's one you're speaking very objectively, and I, I appreciate pretty much all that you have said so far. And from afar, you don't have any emotions involved, right? You're just a, a sports fan and a sports radio listener, et cetera. If you're Eric Reed and you've stood shoulder to shoulder with the same defiant tone, and the guy to your left, Colin Kaepernick, is still defiant despite costing himself three years of or, or some chunk of three years of an NFL career. And the guy to your right, Jay-Z, defiant, turning down the Super Bowl, defiant, you need me, NFL, I don't need you. It's not just, you know, Jim and Colfax who just partnered with the NFL. It's the guy who was standing right next to me. Now, and that, that I think adds a layer of emotion that would be hard for us from the outside to totally understand. And then my question to you would be this. When, like Tim, you brought up Tim Tebow, Circus Sideshow, right? There's no doubt, I don't think you would argue this, Colin Kaepernick's track record as a quarterback in the NFL is significantly better than Tim Tebow's track record in the NFL. So in terms of, you, you phrased it really well, risk versus reward. The reward, there's, I don't think you'll get a single football person to tell you the upside of Tim Tebow as an NFL quarterback is as high as what Colin Kaepernick proved in front of all of our eyes. Fair debate about what he would be in 2019. Let's put that off to the side. But Tim Tebow had a chance to prove himself as an NFL quarterback and only rarely did good things, much less great things. Colin Kaepernick did some really, really impressive things and then did kind of come back to earth in terms of productivity. So the, so the, the, the Tebow example is good because it's a risk-reward weighing, right? You're right about that. It's not perfect because the reward is much higher for Kaepernick, and the risk involves something most sensitive in our topic. And if what you're scared of as an NFL owner is a man of color stepping out and using his large platform on issues that are dividing America and have been our national sin for 250 plus years, isn't? Are you just ready to swallow that? Well, shrug your shoulders. Oh man, he's kind of a headache. You know, you don't have an ounce of admiration for him speaking out on racial injustice or speaking out on social injustice. It's just oh, another day at the office, man. You know, keep the brown man down when he says things that make us uncomfortable. Uh, it's just another risk. Or, or I wouldn't. I wouldn't equate extra cameras following this prima donna or this uh, you know, former Heisman winner in Tim Tebow's case to the extra cameras and the drama for a man who, who risked his career for reasons that I find admirable. What I often find with Kaepernick is those who are offended by his protest three years ago or more recently never give him any benefit of the doubt. Those who are in favor of freedom of expression Hey, man, there's a lot of lunatics in this world. And some of them are throwing, you know, bombs at cops. And some are sending pipe bombs to politicians and members of the media. They're lunatics. Others, oh, wow, it's a nice little peaceful, silent, one or two minute long, don't even have to pay attention if you don't want to, uh, on the sidelines of an NFL game. I'm always struck by the whatever chunk of America that is not bothered by pipe bombs uh, just another day at the office doesn't impact me. You know, pipe bombs out, shrug at the shoulders, but silent, peaceful protests. I mean, I'm getting my torch and I'm going to raise holy hell against that guy. That is a really weird juxtaposition for me. And I admire the hell out of David Tepper of the Panthers for saying, yeah, Eric Reed is controversial. 
not as, I'd agree, not as controversial as his partner, Colin Kaepernick. Colin adds several layers that make him even more complicated than Eric Reed. But we don't have to wonder if teams thought these guys were good enough to play. David Tepper said it very clearly. I stuck my neck out in ways that others wanted Eric Reed as a player, but didn't want the pushback from either the current president or you know NFL fans or their own season ticket holders, etc. David Tepper was very candid about that. Nobody's pretending that the Panthers were the only team that thought Eric Reed was good enough to start at safety in the NFL. He proved how good he was. He got a contract extension. He's making big money from the Panthers. So anyone who said Eric Reed just wasn't good enough now knows they were lying to themselves. Maybe because of some deep-seated racial issues. Maybe. Colin Kaepernick is more complicated, but he's been much more productive than a complicated uh, guy like a Tim Tebow. And and the, the whole... I admire those who peacefully, silently stand up for things they believe in and then bring actual evidence to the table. Some of Ka- Kaepernick's greatest critics prove their racial resentment and their ignorance by saying, I still don't know what he was protesting about. That's a you problem, man. I don't mean Jim. I mean, anybody who still doesn't know what Malcolm Jenkins or Colin Kaepernick was protesting, you are hiding some form of racial resentment or, at best, you're too busy and distracted to care what a person of color is saying about the oppression of people of color because they've talked specifically about police brutality in some contexts, unnecessary incarceration, educational inequality, residential segregation, excessive criminal sentencing. Now, I happen to have some expertise in these areas, so I don't expect other people to have that kind of a backdrop. But there are still people, I'll bet you it's a third of America, that still say, I don't know what those guys are protesting about. You're carrying around some racial resentment that you don't know about in many cases, or you just don't care because it doesn't affect you. Oh, pipe bombs to media members? I'm not a media member. Shrug my shoulders. Uh, Weapons thrown at police officers? I'm not a police officer. So shrug my shoulders, right? Oh, but God forbid somebody has a silent, peaceful protest on the sidelines where the cameras don't have to be on them, and you can certainly look at a pretty girl to your left rather than the NFL player kneeling to your right if you really want to. That's how easy it is. It's not so easy to dodge pipe bombs and, and you know, Molotov cocktails. I, I'm, I'm, I will probably die confused about why so many Americans. I'm not as upset about the really bad people. There are a lot of them. I mean, I've given up on those. The otherwise good people who are outraged at a peaceful, silent protest by someone who's done his homework. You don't have to agree with everything he says, but has done his homework and offered specific solutions and much of his own money as a part of that solution. Incredibly, I mean, bring out the torches, mad about that. But shrug the shoulders at the pipe bomb, shrug the shoulders at the Molotov cocktail, shrug the shoulders against actual violence. Wait, silent, peaceful brief before the game starts. Not a distraction unless you really want to just be mesmerized by it or obsess over it. And yet you shrug your shoulders every single day about things that are infinitely more impactful and infinitely more damaging than any silent, peaceful protest in the history of mankind. I'll never understand it. I hope you otherwise good people eventually turn the page. It's I mean, you can die hateful and ignorant and without addressing some of those deep-seated issues that many of you inherited from your ancestors – uh, I had a few of those ancestors as well. I mean, I'm not unique in this in this way. I've just educated myself to a place where I see the bigger picture better than those who are forgiving 
pipe bombs and Molotov cocktails or ignoring them, and yet bring out the torches for silent peace for, for men of color making good points during silent peaceful protests. It's just it's an unbelievable juxtaposition to me. I can't believe this happening in 2019. I, I would have thought like 1920, maybe. 2019, it's an embarrassment. 1-800-849-2761. Steven Apex wants in on the NFL. Tavares in Greenville does as well. We're playing best and worst of the weekend. We have two great guests later. 1-800-849-2761. West Durham in 15 minutes on the NFL and college sports. More of your calls next on the David Glenn Show. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Best and Worst of the Weekend. Oh, we're having some fun with the question of the day. By partnering with the NFL, is the legendary hip-hop artist slash media and music mogul Jay-Z selling out, which is what Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed of your Carolina Panthers are claiming, or is he just putting himself into an either better position to actually, as an NFL part owner, we don't know what team yet, but also as a partner on social justice issues with the NFL, is the NFL taking advantage and using Jay-Z as a racial shield? That's some of the sellout accusation. Or is Jay-Z just getting a smart place at the table, which is overwhelmingly filled with old white dudes? And it's sometimes harder in that demographic to get them to see social injustice issues like the ones Eric Reed, Colin Kaepernick, and guys like Malcolm uh, Jenkins and the Players Coalition have not only been working for, but not just talk. I mean, they meet with Congress and other legislators. They put up millions of their own dollars. Again, those of you angriest also often don't pay any attention to the actual real-world things that they have do done and are doing to try to affect change, to make our country a better place. To who do, Who's not really anti-injustice? I mean, there's a small percentage of Americans that just like manipulating and taking advantage of and marginalizing people who are not like them. There's been a weird resurgence of that in the last three years. But most Americans don't are not in favor, you know, on purpose, intelligently in favor of doing bad things to people. Most of you are not that way. You're asleep at the switch sometimes, but you're not advocating for such things. 1-800-849-2761. Is Jay-Z selling out, or is he doing a good thing? Ryan is in Burlington and next on The David Glenn Show. David, uh, thank you so much for having me today. Sure. I just want to say thank you for being an advocate uh, and, and speaking out on these types of issues because as a white guy myself and as a former political candidate even myself, I've seen too often the ignorance of, of these injustices that are out there. And so I just wanted to say first, thank you for that. Thank but, you. But to, directly to the question, uh, I think, you know, this isn't going to get a lot of clicks if I were writing an Internet article here. But the, the, the answer really is that the jury is out. And I understand um, both sides of the, of the argument here. But until we see what Jay-Z does in this role, it really could go either way. And I can foresee Jay-Z being a tremendous advocate um, for injustice issues, not just in the NFL, but more broadly. Um, but the proof is in the pudding. And so I, I think the rush to judgment here 
uh, on both sides is really unwarranted until we, we see how he plays his cards here. And if, and if you know, the, the past is any indication of what he will do, he will likely do a very, in, he'll likely do a very good job and at minimum will continue to spur the conversation on this very important topic. Well, it reminds me, and given your political background, you may have had an opinion on this as well. It reminds me, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, safety for the Philadelphia Eagles, brilliant guy, passionate guy. You know, neither neither claims a monopoly on passion, right? Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed see it one way, and they have their allies, Malcolm Jenkins, and a whole bunch of other NFL players, current and former. Anquan Bolden was a part of his group. They see a lot of things similarly, but they see some things differently. And, and Ryan, you can chime in on this, but when the original Players Coalition, again, Eric Reed called Malcolm Jenkins a sellout. Remember the, the, pre the, the pre-game on the field back and forth, like the Panthers are ready to play the Eagles, and Eric Reed starts calling Malcolm Jenkins a sellout. Why? Malcolm Jenkins said, listen, we don't live in a perfect world. I'm not sure exactly where the NFL's heart is on all of this stuff. I'm not a mind reader. I don't have a perfect crystal ball. But I do know that $100 million provided by the NFL owners toward matters of racial injustice and social injustice is better than a big fat goose egg, which is what we had before. So Malcolm Jenkins and the Players Coalition taking that deal was described as a sellout. By again, Reed and Kaepernick's former, they're their former colleagues on these missions. And now Jay Z is a sellout as well. I'm more of the mindset from arm's length that Ryan in Burlington is. I would have agreed with Malcolm Jenkins. Hey, let's get the 100 million. You know, t tell the kid who doesn't get a better education that we should have held out for more ideal terms, which is what Eric Reed and Colin, oh, this is just a show. They're trying to buy our loyalty. What's $100 million to these guys who are billionaires? I get all that, but I also live in the real world. And if the $100 million gets somebody lunch who didn't have lunch and a better education who didn't have a better education or, and a bike for somebody who didn't have a bike or a, a suit to go to an interview for somebody who didn't have a suit or a computer for somebody who didn't have a computer – Give me the $100 million. Let's see how real you are, NFL. Malcolm Jenkins is a smart dude, as are many of his colleagues. So it's you, Ryan, probably would have seen it Malcolm Jenkins' way as Eric Reed was calling him a sellout, just as he's calling Jay-Z a sellout. Yeah, David, just like you said earlier, there's, you know, there's, we don't live in a perfect world like Malcolm Jenkins said, and we also rarely, if ever, see a perfect deal that gets everyone right. everything that they want. But when... I go out and I talk with people, you know, so many people, so many underserved communities really just want a voice at the table, right? That's, that's why they're campaigning, even if they're not campaigning for themselves as a candidate or as a business leader or as an educational leader, whatever. They just want to sit at the table because those voices do matter. And so you can't walk away with nothing and, and still expect to sit at the table. And so I think it's better to have one like Malcolm yeah. Jenkins said and like JC is doing to have that seat at the table. And now – it's a matter of what you do with that seat at the table. Yeah, and it comes down to also how much do you trust Malcolm Jenkins and those other decision makers, and they're not sellouts in my eyes, how much do you trust Jay-Z? As Bamani Jones wrote at ESPN.com, when push comes to shove, he expects even somebody like Jay-Z to choose billionaire status over social justice causes. Now, can you do both? As Bamani explored, the ideal, you're changing the world for the better and making a whole lot of money along the way. But Bamani's point was, in his experience, when push comes to shove, those billionaires protect that billionaire status. And if that's how a person of color feels about Jay-Z, 
hey, he's, he's being used as a racial shield when he needs to choose between justice and more money for his own pockets and this new agreement about Super, Super Bowl halftime shows and all the other details. If you have faith in Jay-Z going to the mat on these causes, you should feel better that there's a man of color at an overwhelmingly white NFL ownership table. That can't be bad. You know, corporate America has changed for the better in part because there have been more people of color, more women to how much how much diversity of conversation do you have at any of these tables if everybody's an old white dude? How about some young people? How about some women? How about some people of color? How about blending it all in? How about making sure everybody's not only in the room, but, you know, the old white guys are not cutting off 10 seconds in the younger women, which in case you didn't know. Studies have shown happens all the time, even in American society in 2019. Again, I don't apologize for expertise that I have that you may not. That is sexism. And you can just, you know, say it's another day at the office, doesn't affect me, not bothered. I'd rather carry a torch against the guys who are kneeling silently while protest protesting racial injustice. I I'll never understand that point of view in the world. I believe most of you are better than that and have a chance to be better than that if you just commit yourself to it. Thanks to, for, thanks to Ryan in Burlington for that phone call and feedback. Wes Durham is on the other side. He is the voice of the NFL's Atlanta Falcons. He's also part of the brand-new ACC Network, which launches Thursday. Wes Durham on all things football next on the David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you really? Was, it was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Darren Gant. From NBC Sports and ProFootballTalk.com on all things NFL, that is both Panthers and other events from around the league, including the Antonio Brown ongoing drama and helmet-related saga. Our next guest actually has been a guest host here on the David Glenn Show, actually has participated in the Voices of North Carolina tour. He was not part of these last two weeks, but he is a regular guest. He's the voice of the NFL's Atlanta Falcons. He is a part of the brand spanking new ACC Network, which launches Thursday, the very first edition of Packer and Durham with Mark Packer and our guest Wes Durham will be this Friday morning. We welcome back Wes Durham. How are you, my man? What's going on? I'm, I'm great. Uh, first of all, tell me, what did you think of a Premier League match live? Oh, my gosh, Wes. Uh, long story college short. College football, right? Long, college football. Yes, and you probably have experienced more college football environments around the country than I have. I've been more of an ACC guy. But does security have to stand between the Alabama <laughs> and the Auburn fans? I'm seriously, because there is a pit built into the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Oh, I know. Where, where people in neon jackets, many of them large yeah. human beings with weapons, stand just in case things get out of hand. David, I went to see West Ham and Man City play when the Falcons were in London five years oh, ago, cool. I guess now. And I went because, in part, I was under the assumption that Premier League soccer was like Power 5 football, and sure enough, it was. And then you know, I still have pictures on my phone of these mammoth 18 hand horses standing in the streets, you know, in case stuff got wild and how <laughs> you walk to the stadiums, you know, the pub, you have to show your ticket. And if you weren't in the right section, you couldn't get in the pub. There yeah. was one visiting pub, 35 home pubs. I mean, it was, 
it's an amazing experience. I tell anybody who's a college football fan or an art college fan, period, you get a chance to go. you got to go see Premier League live. And so when, when you tweeted out that you were going, I was like, oh, I'm glad you got to go because it is, it is big league college football in Europe. That's what it is. West Durham is with us on Twitter. He's at West Durham. ACC Network launches Thursday, his show with Mark Packer on Friday morning. With that in mind, before we leave this, you know, we've mm-hmm. both been to Duke Carolina many times, and there's a, there's sure. a hard-to-describe intensity to those games unless those have uh, been in the building as well. You know, I grew up in Philly and saw, you know, my dad would say, hey, it's the Giants against the Eagles. You know, it's not right. just so-and-so. Uh, really have your eyes out, behave yourself in the parking lot. And this is a game in Philly where theoretically it would be a little bit safer for those wearing the Eagles green. Can you think of anything else? I've been to NASCAR events, uh, the Final Four, the Super Bowl, uh, the you know WWE wrestling. I have not seen anything that rose to the level of needing security pits built into the $1.5 billion soccer stadium at Tottenham. Uh, or you're even hockey-style glass separating right. the Aston Villa fans from the Tottenham fans. Well, it just goes to show you how locked in they are, doesn't it? <laughs> um, no, it's it's a different it's a different environment. It is uh, it, that's why I equated to college football because it is it is a heritage stuff. I mean, you know, when you're you know, and you ask people from from the UK, you know, who are they fans of, and they they tell you. And regardless, I mean, even if their team is relegated or not, um, you know, I spent some time this summer reading a great book called The Club, which is the story of how the Premier League became the Premier League, and oh, cool. you know, and it and it talks about the heritages of these franchises and these clubs, and that's why when somebody like Sheffield United, who was you know who was promoted this past year, comes into uh, you know, comes back into the Premier League after 20-some years out of the Premier League. It, it means so much to the people that are their fans. And then, lo and behold, they beat Crystal Palace yesterday. So, I mean, it just kind of one leads to the other. And it's almost like – that's why I laugh every once in a while when somebody says, we ought to have relegation in Power 5 football. That would be an interesting <laughs> dynamic, um, a really interesting dynamic. And um, But it is an unbelievable environment, an unbelievable atmosphere. And I, I'm – I'm glad I got to experience it firsthand, especially at a historic place like uh, Bowling Ground where West Ham used to play before they moved to the Olympic Stadium. And then, you know, where you went to see uh, Tottenham play, uh, that's, a, that's a stadium that's now been built essentially on an NFL footprint, right? Yeah. Um, brand new stadium, and it's got NFL locker rooms in it. Where, Incredible. Yeah, when the Falcons went to Wembley a few years ago to play the Lions, uh, they had to use three locker rooms at Wembley Stadium in order to get the teams dressed. So it's it's a unique uh, it's a unique twist that they have now embraced the National Football League so much that they're building facilities for their Premier League teams like Tottenham to a point where they can you know host NFL games. West Durham joining us. Those looking forward to ACC football season, Pitt and UVA are among Wes's surprise teams in the Atlantic Coast Conference this season. We of course discuss football season with you every single year. Since this is the only year we get to discuss the launch of this new channel, the ACC Network, let's take you there. Um, You you move around a lot as the voice of the Falcons and, of course, one of the great voices here in North Carolina, given your Elon ties and your childhood. Um, Most people I know, Wes, if I had to, like, just summarize friends and family, I would say the majority are either Spectrum cable subscribers or mm-hmm. DirecTV satellite subscribers. In, in right. this state, those are two monsters, and now the ACC network is being carried by both. 
Uh, that's great news. How does the bigger picture look? I know you're not we, – we always put you in these – Wes, for, to be clear, Wes is like talent. Wes is an on-air talent guy. Yeah, I'm not in distribution. But we always make him like a part owner of everything. Yeah. How do you, I, but we, don't, we feel like we're not tapping into all of your avenues of expertise if hmm. we don't ask you for that bigger picture. It has to feel good as you're getting ready to go to work with Mark Packer that the two biggest carriers in North Carolina are, are going to be able to carry your radio show. Oh, no question. And, you know, the, the trick for us is, and the real treat for us in some respect is, we're taking a radio show and moving it to television. You yeah. know, I mean, it's still going to be simulcast on Sirius XM, but we've been, you know, we've been very fortunate to get Drew Brooks and Josh Macri and, you know, just an unbelievable production team in Bristol that's going to help us get this thing on the air. And a lot of people have put a lot of hours into it, more so than just packing out, you know, thinking, okay, what are we going to talk about? to uh, not only design technically what we're going to do, but design a studio and, uh, and kind of refurbish the, the Packer basement, if you will. Um, so we're excited about that, but also we're excited to, to kind of tell the story of the league. And I think Mark and I come at it from a couple of different angles. One, we come at it from an age perspective, which I think is, is obvious. I mean, both of us in our 50s, we both grew up in the league. We've both been around the league in one form or another most of our lives. Uh, I think the other one is, too, that we, in the last 18 months of doing the Sirius XM show, David, we, we also have come to really embrace a lot of the storylines that are not the obvious ones. For instance, Jennifer Cupcho, the golfer at Wake Forest, Lars Tiffany, and the marvelous job he did with Virginia Lacrosse, uh, the job that NC State Swimming and Diving has done, um, you know, the legacy of Mike Martin, the work of Mark Jarman, who's from Fayetteville as the AD at Boston College. John Curry's return to the ACC as AD at Wake Forest. I mean, there are a lot of different storylines that are taking place in the ACC that need to be discussed. And those are things that we're going to have an opportunity to do in three hours every day. And that's something that this league hasn't had. There are going to be all sorts of interactions with the show, Twitter, questions, phone calls, whatever the case may be. But we're also going to utilize the 15 institutions and these facilities that are on their campuses too. I mean, that's an important aspect of what Packer and Durham is going to be about. And, yeah, we're going to throw some fun in there every once in a while. I mean, we're going to try and sail with the pilot when we can. We're going to do some things that, you know, that try to embrace all demographics, not just the ones of the last 10 to 20 years. Um, you know, my dad had a phrase I like to use every once in a while. Carolina played a lot of good basketball before Jordan hit the shot to beat Georgetown, right? Yeah. Um, you know, this league played a lot of really good sports, football and basketball before Clemson won the national championship in 1981 and before Michael hit that shot in 82 and Lorenzo Charles dunked Quickenberg's pass in 83. Um, you know, those are the things that those are the things that I think we focus on a lot in just our daily preparation. I and mean, we can do lists, talk about games and so forth and so on. But I think Roz Durant probably said it best, Dave, who's in front of this operation when she said, you know, we're going to do we're going to do unprecedented storytelling. And I think there's a lot to be said about that in our format every three hours, but also with some of the things that people are going to see as the network unfolds. I forget if I've told you this before, but since you're the unofficial mayor of the ACC, <laughs> I think you can yeah. identify with this. When I, since I created the ACC Sports Journal in 1994 and that website, sure. accsports.com, which we still own, so that's 25 years. 
for some, those who know us, know us, those who don't often send us stuff that they think is going to the ACC headquarters. You just see accsports.com, and they think it's, you know, John Swafford and all of his assistants. So we get all sorts of intriguing feedback that's designed to go to Greensboro in the headquarters. Well, one of the things I learned about the ACC network, and I wonder how many of these examples you have come across as, again, like this intermediary between the general public and you as one of the faces and voices of the ACC. Older people, to me, have been surprised to learn that whereas, I don't know the year, if 10 or 20 years ago you needed to change your provider for some reason, it may have taken like a week or two to get an appointment and they got to put in right. certain equipment and they got to, you know. Nowadays, these, these weird emails intended for Greensboro coming to us are saying, holy cow, in a matter of minutes, I left the carrier that was not carrying the ACC network. And even I, at 70 or so years old, I'm now a member of blank that is carrying the ACC network. And they were shocked that what used to take two weeks is can take two or three minutes. Are you, have you been dealing with those real world aspects of these things just in general conversation? In some, yes, because what's happened, like you mentioned spectrum and direct TV in the state of North Carolina, you know, there are other States that are dominated by other carriers. Yes. And you know, some of those carriers have yet to sign on. And because they've yet to sign on, I won't mention them because that's, you know, that's not fair to them, nor is it fair to the people who've worked really hard in the distribution side either. But what I'm getting at is, is that, you know, I went cordless at the end of June. Hmm. And, uh, you know, Victoria and I have YouTube TV and direct TV now, and we're trying things out and so forth and so on. And then you have my mom, and you were out of the country. Darren probably saw this. My mom single-handedly, you know, called Spectrum, I think, every day for about 40 <laughs> days and wanted to know when they were adding the ACC network. But that I think it really was awesome. she called every month. She called every Monday, okay? She <laughs> called every Monday. She didn't call every day. Urban legend is going to grow and grow and oh, grow. Oh, Jane, now you're kidding. Machine <laughs> called every Monday. She ended up knowing people the whole bit. And nobody was more excited last week when Spectrum announced they were carrying the network than my mom. And so – you know, I'm delighted for the people in North Carolina because the bigger change, Dave, and you know this too from living in the area as long as you have, the bigger over-the-air change is going to affect people principally in Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. Yeah. Because that's where the Raycom ACC network no package was most prominent. And I'm, I'm look, I, I understand that. I grew up with it. But it also helps, too, that Spectrum is going to carry this network and allow people to see you know, Thursday night when they do the launch show and then the documentary that Jay Billis is executive produced. And then the next morning, you know, Mark and I'll be there with a cup of coffee and some laughs and we'll talk football and that kind of thing. And then Saturday night, by the way, during the Florida Miami game, Packer and I are going to be with Mark Rick and John Beeson doing a nice, uh, a second screen event. And we're excited to be part of something like that. I mean, where we're going to sit and watch the game, and you know, I'm going to put Coach Rick on the hot seat. Now, it's third and short here. What's Manny right. going to do? Um, you know, so those are the type of things that I, I think we're really going to embrace. But yeah, and I want to see the network flourish. But the other part too, to your point at the front, the technology is moving so fast here. Um, you know, for instance, my kids don't watch television the way you and I watch. Totally. They watch it on their phones or tablets Absolutely, or whatever. Yes. And, you know, and, and we're, we're watching the world around us from an entertainment perspective and certainly a uh, consumer perspective change 
probably rapid, more rapidly than you and I ever thought it would. Yeah. Well put. West Durham. I'll get to the actual college football the next time you join us. I'm learning this new clock thing. I'm working on it. I have to let you go. Hey, I'll tell you what, you go to Europe for a week. A lot of things change. Just be glad your key works, bro. Yeah, right. Well put, Wes. Thanks for joining us, man. Mr. By the way, I renewed my subscription today to ACC Sports Talk. Oh. So I'm looking forward. I didn't get the football preview magazine. I didn't get the basketball recruiting. That's how I knew I didn't. Uh, oh, no, you lapsed. Out. See, back when I owned everything, I probably comped you. Now, now that I'm just another foot soldier, you know, I guess they're charging you again. I don't know. Just be glad to check shows, David. <laughs> Amen. Thanks, Wes. Good luck Take this care, week, guys. man. Bye. Good luck to you Bye. guys. All right. Wes Durham on Twitter, at Wes Durham, the voice of the Atlanta Falcons, and co-host with Mark Packer of the ACC Network's new Packer and Durham show. The show is not new, still Sirius XM, but part of the new ACC channel known as the ACC Network. A lot of media news. A lot of media news to celebrate. Congrats again to the guys at Sports Channel 8. Hayes Permar, Brian Geisinger, two real close members of the David Glenn Show family have their own weekday show in our Triangle audience, just as former intern Josh Graham is now ruling the roost in the triad part of the sports radio audience for us statewide here on the David Glenn Show. We're everywhere, Darren. Everywhere. It's good to be back from London. Good to be talking with you again. Tavares and Greenville, Greenville once in on the Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick versus J.D. debate by partnering with the NFL which he has criticized for years. Is Jay-Z selling out, as Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick say? Or is he trying to advance change for the better for people of color and others? Tavares and George and others want in. We'll get back to your best and worst of the weekend. Phone calls will welcome Darren Gant in on the NFL in about 15 minutes. Thanks for being with us on The David Glenn Show. Mike Lupica, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene, and, and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see when people say, oh, stick to sports. Who passed that law? You're listening to the David Glenn Show. Darren Gant will be our NFL guest to start hour number three. Tavares in Greenville is next on the David Glenn Show. Welcome to the program. Uh, yes, DG. Um, is Jay-Z a sellout? No, he's not a sellout because he's done a lot for criminal justice. But he was not the one that kneeled next to Colin Kaepernick. Eric Reed was the one. And it's the, it's the fact that we are still taking a knee because black America is living in a police state and white America isn't. And to give you a, a brief example... Look at how two 17-year-olds were treated. One was called a hero. One was deemed a thug. Trayvon Martin was killed. The Covington kid was called a hero. And Trayvon Martin is the one that fought off a grown man. So, But white America looked at Trayvon Martin as some thug that deserved it almost. You know what I'm saying? I yep. know that they wasn't w waiting for Trayvon Martin to die, but look at how the two scenarios worked out. Colin Kaepernick is saying, listen, no matter how many laptops you give, when that kid leaves that community center that the NFL gave $100 million to, he is still pulled over and, and presumed is not given the benefit of the doubt and, and can be killed and found out later that there was no gun. But nobody is held accountable after he is shot 21 times. And we just go on to the next story. Stop, America, and look at what's happening. So your message to Jay-Z would be, uh, and I'm just guessing here, I don't view you as a sellout, but now that you have a table as a part owner in the NFL, don't the sell police. out those other values. Don't assume that th that money makes those issues go away. Is that about right? 
Exactly. All right, thanks for thanks for calling. I didn't have a whole lot of time. I have Darren Gant on the other side. Tavares, as usual, a worthy contribution to the cause. More NFL, including the Panthers, with Darren Gant next. Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show.